Let's uh, shift gears from some of the top stories that are on the minds of traders and some of these key levels that you should be keeping an eye on the indices to what's going on in terms of commodities. And for that discussion, we have just the person joining us. We have Kevin Rich. He's joining us the uh, global. He's joining us from uh, Global Head Markets. He's I'm sorry, Kevin, the global head uh, market advisor at the Perth Mint. Good morning. Kevin, I'm sorry. Good to have you with us. Welcome. A nice move up in gold to begin the week back to 2003, despite comments from Bullard suggesting a 75 basis point rate hike may not be out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, well, um, and I think commodities broadly and gold are just showing the nervousness in the market still about the high levels of inflation. So um, negative uh, real rates are still very negative. So even if you went 75, you're still, I think, negative. So I think there's a lot, the Fed has a lot of room to catch up where, with where inflation is. So I, th I think um, that's why we're seeing um, such commodity price strength and, and gold and silver, especially. You know, I was just talking about the indices and uh, the Dow, how it's remained relatively strong, even amidst some of this dollar strength. Oftentimes we talk about a strong dollar getting in the way of a large caps multinationals. Um, we'll hear from some of them this week, but at this point, it still is really yet to create that headwind that we've looked for. Yeah, and I'm you were pointing out VIX levels earlier, and I'm surprised VIX isn't higher. I'm surprised the market isn't a little bit more nervous about this. And I think that's probably because over the last two, two and a half years, every time the equity markets stumble a little bit, um, the Fed is there with supportive comments and things. So I don't think they've really um, taken any real pain from the Fed. And the, the Fed's talking a tougher game now. So maybe, maybe we'll see some uh, uh, more nervousness in the market going forward. You know, the market uh, seems to, as you mentioned, when it stumbled, the indices and, well, for that matter, Ecodata here in the U.S. has provided that backdrop that investors and traders have kind of leaned on. The housing market, for example, has been very strong. But, you know, we'll get some further information today. Building permits, housing starts at the bottom of the hour here. But I guess I'm wondering, with rates on the rise to the extent that they have been, with Bullard now talking about a 75 basis point rate hike, and that's probably out of the realm of possibilities here still at this point. But I guess I'm wondering, uh, does that backdrop continue to remain ultimately? We've seen it kind of falter over the last three months relative to what we've seen over the last three years. Well, I think um, rates are one component of it. And it, it, before um, Russia went into Ukraine a couple months ago, six weeks ago or two months ago, um, all eyes were, all the conversation was on rates. And um, if you step way back, so at the start of the pandemic um, in the spring of 2000, um, equity markets got hammered, and so did commodities as well. The Fed stepped in with very accommodative policy, equity markets rallied. Um, but if you look at commodities broadly since that period, they've just, it's just been a slow, steady climb. And coming into this year, um, it was because uh, there was so much infrastructure spending, so much um, increase in money supply. Uh, but then um, what Russia and Ukraine have done is created a a supply issue, not just, just it previous to that, it was all demand driving it up, and now it's a supply issue. And so that's a, that's still a good story for commodity prices. Yeah, it's interesting because we've talked about that in terms of the Fed raising rates into a supply issue, as you mentioned, versus a demand situation. Um, and some of the constraints are the ultimate backlash and the uh, ripple effect that that could create. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of physical demand for gold, for example, out of China and India. Um, well, I think uh, 
since the pandemic started, you know, and maybe in lockdown, China and India are big buyers of, you know, gold and silver for, um, you know, just traditionally. And uh, that demand went away. Investment demand from the West picked up a lot of that slack. Um, but we, you know, what we've seen consistently in Asia throughout the pandemic are discounts to, you know, even at higher prices, um, the trades at a discount locally. Now, some of those discounts have, have narrowed, and there's been signs that um, during the festival and wedding season and things, we'll we'll see some pickup. But you know, we still have large areas of lockdown in in Asia, and so um, I think eventually that's going to break. Uh, I think there's been the higher prices have led to a lot more recycling of metals mm -hmm. out, out of that region, and some of that recycling inventory is getting low. So I think there will be some. Um, some, I think the scene is setting in Asia for a return um, for more physical demand. Um, on the outside of Asia, on the uh, the minted product side that we see out of Perth, are our, our coins and small bars. We've throughout the pandemic we've seen enormous demand, mostly from the U.S. and uh, Europe, um, for everything we can make. So that that demand has not like um, gone down at all throughout this period. Yeah, it's what we've been hearing. Um, let's talk a little bit about here uh, some of the eco data market that's been so data driven, headline driven. We've been talking about whether it's war in Ukraine, some of these supply chain constraints, ultimately uh, some fears about recession. I mean, imagine uh, you guys are watching the data as investors and traders continue to looking for any weakness in terms of uh, wage pressures, putting constraints on employers and having to kind of lay off workers. Ultimately, labor market conditions remain very strong. Fed Chair Jerome Powell's talked about how they can absorb uh, a few rate hikes at this point. But ultimately, uh, I guess a lot of attention here on GDP as well as you put in your notes uh, you commented on and a lot of focus there in terms of these concerns about recession. If we were to see negative growth start to work its way into the play, uh, discussion. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I think there's um predictions that Europe may have the hot the, the chances of recession in Europe are, are higher now um, due to their you know proximity to uh, Ukraine and Russia and, and the dependence on energy so that's a dodgy situation over there um, but even in the US um, you know we're watching it closely because the tool you use to fight inflation um, raising interest rates is the same tool that they use to that you use when the economy is overheated to slow GDP. So um, if GDP comes down and these supply constraints in commodities keep prices up, um, you know, people are talking about a potential return of stagflation. Mm. Um, and while this isn't exact, we're not exactly in the same supply issue as we were in the 70s with oil, it's there's some similarities. And so I think, uh, again, the Fed's got a tough job right now to try to bring inflation down without slowing GDP down too much. And, and as you pointed out, employment looks very strong right now. But if that were to turn around and we see GDP growth uh, weakness, um, I think, you know, it's it's good to be in gold at that point. Yeah, those conversations could accelerate and we would watch gold under those circumstances as well. Uh, lastly, talk to me in terms of what we've seen, the uh, yield curve. Uh, well, we've seen the longer and accelerate quite rapidly. It does seem to be kind of suggesting some concerns about the Fed's ability to navigate these murky waters and, uh, well, position itself uh, in the situation. We always talk about that soft landing. Uh, it, it seems to have uh, increased the possibilities of uh, their difficulty to combat inflation. And uh, it's now present over a longer term, it looks like. Sure. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, so 
it's hard to predict what's happening over the next few months. We've seen that what everything we're talking about today could be reversed next week by some of that. So, yeah. um, but you, but we see a lot of you know the the short term curve is not inverted anymore. So I think they're getting the markets are showing a little bit more certainty there. But um, going forward, if, if inter things people aren't talking about right now is if interest rates go up dramatically. Um, that raises the cost of the government to service its debt. And people are, have not been talking about the, the size of the, our national debt relative to our annual GDP. It's well over 100% at this point, which used to only happen in times of war. Um, and now, so, um, and the strong dollar is going to increase our trade imbalances even more. So the deficits, trade deficits, budget deficits, I, I think those are things that we're just ignoring because we have shorter term problems, but they are going to be problems um, down the road. You know, that's a good point. Pre-COVID and war on Ukraine, these were discussions that we were having. Uh, now, again, those seem to have gotten, uh, had to take a little bit of a backseat role uh, here and uh, you can see the dollar strength we've seen it's a purple line here in this instance the TNX continues to be very strong as well uh, we'll watch here and appreciate you joining us here Kevin thanks for joining us this morning to take a look here at commodities on the move the focus here on the metals Kevin Rich joins us from the Perth Mint